The Murder Minute podcast contains depictions of real-life true crime stories. Some details may be disturbing, and listener discretion is advised. This is Murder Minute. I'm your host, Mrs. Smitty, and today is Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Today on Murder Minute, the story of a vicious, racially motivated hate crime that led to the executions of two men, one of which took place on this day 10 years ago. This crime was so horrific and shocking that it would lead to the passage of federal hate crimes legislation and the history-making execution of one of the killers would forever change the way death sentences were carried out. But first, your true crime headlines. Human remains were found on Sunday in an area of Wyoming where police have been searching for a missing woman. 22-year-old Gabby Pettito was reported missing by her family after failing to return home from a van trip with her fiancé, Brian Laundrie. The couple had been traveling together since June, driving through national parks in several western states and documenting their travels on social media. Pettito had been in regular contact with her family during the trip, but that contact abruptly stopped in late August, and Laundrie returned home alone on September 1st. Pettito's parents reported her missing on September 11th. The human remains found in Wyoming on Sunday have not yet been positively identified as the missing woman, but investigators confirm that they are consistent with the description of Gabby Pettito and that her family has been notified. Pettito's fiancé has not been seen since last Tuesday, when he left his parents' house in Sarasota County, Florida with his backpack, telling them that he was going to a nearby nature preserve. Searches of the nature preserve have turned up no sign of Brian Laundrie, who investigators say is not currently charged with any crime. More updates on this developing story as they become available. An Oklahoma man has pleaded no contest to charges stemming from the illegal castration of another man in October of last year. 54-year-old Bob Lee Allen was sentenced to more than 12 years behind bars for the crime with credit for time served. The charges against him included conspiracy to commit unlicensed surgery, practicing medicine without a license, and attempted distribution of a psychedelic mushroom. Allen and his victim met on a website and made arrangements for the unlicensed castration to take place. According to court documents, the unnamed 28-year-old victim flew from his home in Virginia to Dallas, Texas, where he was picked up by Allen and his husband, 43-year-old Thomas Evans Gates III. The men drove together to the cabin in Oklahoma, where Allen performed the castration with assistance from Gates. Allen told his victim that he intended to eat his body parts and had a freezer full of parts he removed during previous surgeries. After the botched castration, the victim was bleeding heavily and was eventually dropped off at a local hospital where he told doctors what had happened. When investigators searched the cabin, they found a freezer in one of the bedrooms that held bags of other severed body parts. A weekend brawl at an iconic Philadelphia cheesesteak shop left one man dead and two others injured. The fight broke out at Pat's King of Steaks around 2.25 in the morning, the 
between about 10 men in yellow soccer jerseys who got into a verbal argument with a group of about five others. The fight escalated, and at one point, a man grabbed a large trash can lid and hit one of the other men over the head, causing him to fall to the ground. Once he was on the ground, the other men kicked and stomped him. He later died of his injuries. The assailants are believed to have fled the scene in a white SUV. The fight was captured on security camera footage, and police are investigating. After this break, I'll be back with this week's main story. Hey everyone, Mrs. Smitty here. Did you know that cats are carnivores that need lots of meat? I didn't know that leading cat food brands are often filled with fillers, grains, and very little protein. That's why I switched to Cat Person Cat Food. It's everything my cat needs to stay happy and healthy. High quality, high protein meals delivered right to my door. And they'll do the same for you. If you order your starter box today, I've arranged for Cat Person to provide an exclusive offer of nearly 50% off just for my listeners. Cat Person is protein packed, 50% more than industry standards, and only uses wholesome ingredients. The food is grain free and low carb, so there's no room for the unnecessary fillers you may find in other brands that can cause digestive problems for your kitty. Cat Person delivers delicious, nutritious, and high-quality cat food right to your door. You'll never run out or have to settle for what's in stock at your local store. The meal plans are fully customized for your cat and perfect for cats of all ages. There are 16 easy-to-serve wet food varieties and three different dry foods, so you'll be sure to find the combinations your cat will love. My cat loves the turkey and chicken wet food and the turkey and duck dry food. They always ship for free with the meal plan. You won't believe all that's included in your starter box. Listen to this. You get 10 cups of wet food, one two pound bag of dry food, plus an entire set of serving spoons. I'm gonna do that again. Listen to this. You won't believe all that's included in your starter box. Listen to this. 10 cups of wet food, one two pound bag of dry food, plus an entire set of serving spoons, silicone lids, and a scooper. And Cat Person offers a 30-day money-back guarantee on your custom plan. If your cat doesn't love Cat Person, no questions asked. We opened the box, and my cat tried the turkey and chicken wet food and could not get enough. Uh, went looking for the lid, the can, uh, just absolutely devoured it. Uh, his coat looks so shiny and wonderful already after just about a week on the food. Um, and you know, he, he just seems to have so much more energy. So, uh, he's a big fan and so am I, it's such a great deal. Uh, you and your cat are going to love cat person as much as we do. Go to catperson.com slash murder minute and use code murder minute to save nearly 50% off your starter box with free shipping. That's catperson.com slash murder minute code murder minute and get nearly 50% off your starter box with free shipping. One more time, it's catperson.com slash murder minute and use the code murder minute. About 140 miles northeast of Houston, Texas, near the Texas-Louisiana border, lies the small community of Jasper. The town of around 8,000 residents 
was once best known for its timber industry and for nearby Sam Rayburn Lake, which is a popular destination for fishing, boating, and camping. All of that changed in June of 1998, when Jasper, Texas would become the site of one of the most brutal hate crimes in American history. Our story begins on Saturday, June 6, 1998. Local resident James Byrd Jr. had spent the day at a family party, drinking and socializing with his friends and relatives. James stayed at the party until late Saturday night and then sat out on foot for his apartment across town. According to Byrd's sister, James suffered from a seizure disorder that left him unable to drive, so the 49-year-old divorced father of three often walked from place to place in Jasper. On this night, as James was walking home, a pickup truck pulled up alongside him and offered him a ride. One of the three men in the cab of the pickup truck was familiar to James. 23-year-old Sean Allen Barry was also from Jasper and worked at the local movie theater. Barry was in the truck with his friends, 23-year-old John William King and 31-year-old Lawrence Russell Brewer. The three men had also spent the day drinking driving around town looking for women to talk to. It was sometime in the early morning hours of June 7th when James Bird accepted their offer of a ride and climbed into the bed of their pickup truck. He never made it home. James Bird Jr. recognized Sean Barry from around town, but the other men in the truck were strangers to him. What Bird, a black man, did not know was that both men were known white supremacists. John King and Lawrence Brewer had met in prison, where they were cellmates. Both were members of a white supremacist gang, and each had numerous racist tattoos. After the three men picked up James Bird, they made a quick stop at a local convenience store, and then drove to an isolated spot in the woods, about 10 miles from Bird's apartment. They pulled over in a clearing, where the men began beating Bird. They punched and kicked him, sprayed his face with spray paint, and urinated and defecated on him. After this, the men took a thick metal chain and wrapped one end around a bumper of the truck and the other end around Bird's ankles. They took off down the road, dragging James behind their truck for three miles. Eventually, they dropped his mutilated corpse in front of the town's segregated black cemetery, where it would be found by a child the next morning. An autopsy would later conclude that Bird was likely alive for at least two miles until his body hit a culvert on the side of the road, severing his arm and his head. Bird's remains would later be collected from 81 spots along the road. It was the trail of blood left in the road that would lead police to the clearing in the woods where they found evidence connecting the killers to their crime. In this field were a broken beer bottle a cigarette lighter engraved with KKK and the word possum, a button from James Bird's shirt, a wrench inscribed with the word berry, and some discarded cigarette butts. On June 8th, when police pulled Barry over for a traffic stop, they found the rest of a tool set that matched the wrench they had found at the crime scene. Blood spatters on Barry's truck would later be matched to Bird's blood, and the tire tracks in the field were a match to the tires on Barry's truck. The cigarette butts from the field were DNA tested and matched to John King, who police would later learn went by the nickname Possum. 
By June 9th, all three men had been arrested and charged with murder. Due to the horrific nature of the crime and the initial evidence pointing to the likelihood that this had been a hate crime, the FBI was called in to assist almost immediately. Sean Barry confessed to the crime and cooperated with authorities, testifying against his co-conspirators at their trials. Barry, who claimed to have very little involvement in the attack, stated that he was driving when they picked up Bird, but after stopping at the convenience store, it was King who took the wheel and drove to the isolated field in the woods, saying that he wanted to scare Bird. Barry would be sentenced to life in prison for his role in the crime and remains behind bars to this day. His earliest possible release date will be in 2038. In separate trials, King and Brewer were both convicted of capital murder for the killing of James Bird, and each man was sentenced to death. This was the first time in Texas history that a white man had been sentenced to death for the killing of a black man. On September 21st, 2011, condemned prisoner Lawrence Russell Brewer received his last meal. His requested meal consisted of the following. Two chicken fried steaks smothered in gravy with sliced onions, a triple meat bacon cheeseburger with the fixings on the side, a cheese omelet with ground beef, tomatoes, onions, bell peppers, and jalapenos, a large bowl of fried okra with ketchup, a pound of barbecue with half a loaf of white bread, three fajitas, a meat lover's pizza, three root beers, one pint of bluebell vanilla ice cream, and a slab of peanut butter fudge with crushed nuts. When the food was delivered to him, Brewer told his captors that he wasn't hungry, and he went to the death chamber having not taken a bite of the feast he had requested. This outraged State Senator John Whitmire, who wrote to the Texas Department of Criminal Justice about his grievances with the last meal request. The policy was immediately changed, and since then, condemned prisoners have been served whatever is on the regular menu for that day. John William King's execution would be carried out several years later, in 2019. King's execution would also lead to procedural changes in how executions are carried out. When he was asked before his execution if he had any final statement to make, King replied that he didn't. However, at a press conference following the execution, a prison official read aloud King's final statement, which was this. Capital punishment. Them without the capital, get the punishment. Again, it would be State Senator John Whitmire who chastised prison officials for reading the statement at the press conference calling it totally improper for this to have occurred. Since then, the policy has been changed, and prison officials will now only relay verbal statements made by condemned prisoners before their executions. At the time of James Byrd Jr.'s murder, there were no hate crime laws on the books in the state of Texas. Then Governor George W. Bush told reporters that tougher laws weren't necessary since the men responsible for Byrd's murder had been convicted and two were sentenced to death. After Rick Perry took the office of governor in 2001, he signed the James Byrd Jr. Hate Crime Act, which allows prosecutors to seek sentencing enhancements in horrific crimes like these. In the same year that James Byrd Jr. was murdered in Texas, a young gay man in Wyoming named Matthew Shepard was also the victim of a brutal hate crime murder. 
These two crimes would lead to the passage of the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Federal Hate Crimes Prevention Act, which was signed into law by President Barack Obama in 2009. For a live discussion of this case and this week's true crime headlines, you can join me on the Stereo app. I'll be live later today on Tuesday, September 21st at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Click on the link in the episode description to listen and join in the live discussion. For daily true crime stories delivered to your inbox, download the Murder Minute app. Follow me on Instagram at Murder Minute and on TikTok at True Crime Headlines for even more true crime content. And join me next week for another episode of Murder Minute. Until then, I'm Mrs. Smitty, and this has been your Murder Minute.